It was a very cruel scene, executed in an unusual manner. Cruel Coven. Hello, friends and foes. My name is Tori. My name is Katie. <laughs> and this is Cruel and Unusual, the podcast. You guys, we have been away for far too fucking long. We're back, and I. Better would, than ever. I would say better than ever, but that would be a lie. <laughs> I lied. <laughs> Truly, though. I feel like we honestly just needed a little bit of time off yeah, to handle our shit. Even though, listen to this, you guys, even though Tori wrote like three books during her time off. That's true. And did a bunch of other shit. And Katie did a lot too. I suppose. Yeah, truly. You edited. <laughs> You're looking at me like, what did you do? <laughs> no. Katie edited the Patreon episodes mm-hmm. because we were still posting Patreon episodes every single week on Fridays, aside from like holiday weeks. Yeah. Right? If you haven't been on there and you're a Patreon, go check those out if you want. Or if you don't want, <laughs> then don't. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So we have a little bit of an announcement to make. A little bit. And I don't. Do you know what I'm going to say? I think so. Okay. So Katie and I were talking. And we want to put out podcast episodes every single week. We don't want to do bi-monthly or anything like that. Mm -hmm. We want to keep the premium content fucking coming. So in order to be able to do that and be able to do the 10 million other things like children things and life things and work things, we decided to... Instead of each of us doing a case each week, we're going to alternate. Mm -hmm. Therefore, this week, I was granted the pleasure of being the first solo episode. I asked you. I said, do you want to go first? <laughs> and I put a <laughs> or skull. W- or would you rather die? Yes. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. Um, so from now on out, hopefully you guys are okay with that. We're still going to try to make the episodes as long as they normally are because we yeah. know you like that. And there'll be deeper dives. Sometimes we feel rushed. Yeah. I think. So yeah. this might be better. Let us know if you like it. And if you don't, then we'll probably Suck do it anyway. my ass. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. We love you guys. Um, also, to start off, I wanted to really quick before we go into our articles or anything like that. I just wanted to say that we love our fucking Patreon members. We love you guys. We somehow managed to get new Patreon members even while we were on a little break. Mm -hmm. So Cassie became an eyewitness. It could be Casey, but I'm pretty sure it's Cassie. C-A-S-S-E-Y. Yeah, I think Cassie. Bianca became a partner in crime. And Casey, I know that that's Casey, became a partner in crime. Yes. And Yay. we just love you guys. We love you. Um, Bianca's been around for a while. We've we've had many conversations in our groups with Bianca. Um, Casey. Bianca's had... from my mom group. Really? From years and years ago. I didn't mm-hmm. know that. Yeah. But you know what's funny is Bianca, this Bianca, reminds me of the Bianca that I grew up with. Yeah. Her profile picture, doesn't yeah, she look like? Yeah, the one that lived right over yeah. here. Yeah. Isn't that fucking crazy? Yes. Um, and Casey, our our newest Patreon member, Casey, she is a fucking true crime fanatic. Mm-hmm. And we have had uh, multiple conversations already with her. Yes. Um, cool and she's like fuck, a fucking Casey. wealth of knowledge yes. about everything true crime. And send us your stories, Casey. Yeah. And she's a fucking warrior. Her mother's a fucking warrior. For sure. And she knows ghosts. <laughs> she knows, she's, she's got some ghosts. So I'm excited to hear. Or foes. Um, and Cassie, if we're saying that right, say hi. Yeah, say hi. Do I know you? Um, do, we, do we know you? I want to say that Cassie is in the group. Okay. 
But I don't think I've ever seen her like on Instagram or anything. You don't have so. to say hi if you would just rather be shy. It's fine. It's fine. We're shy too. Yeah. Especially in public. <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> um, but we love you guys. Thank you so fucking much for your support. You guys don't have to do that and you do. And that means a lot to us. It does. Um, just because I'm feeling fucking froggy, a quick shout out <laughs> to our oldie but goodie Patreons, Christina, Katie, Katie, D, Maggie, Chastity, Autumn, Crystal, Leslie, Tara, Jen, Angela, Carmen, Kat. Oh, and Kat has a motherfucking birthday today. Yes, happy birthday, As Kat we're recording. Savage. It As- will be like... Um- days past your birthday but yeah. that's okay but we're recording on january the third and that is cat savage's day mm-hmm. crystal a patreon has a birthday coming up this month too so do you ah so Me. do i and nara and nara she is that's such a main character move to be born on your mother's birthday truly she's she, like mm, i've arrived mm-hmm. motherfucker. this isn't your day anymore <laughs> no bitch you just carried me in your room for nine months but i'm going to take over yep. everything in your life even your birthday oh she's but the fucking sweetest everybody make sure to tell tori and nara little nara happy birthday because our next episode will be out after your birthday oh yeah that's right mm-hmm. happy birthday to you <laughs> okay um, let's see. Do you, <laughs> we're just fucking moving right along Here today. Here we go. I have had this much coffee. I didn't even go to Dunkin'. I had one. Really? One cup of coffee. I've got about that much left. Okay. Um, I've decided I'm going to be a little bit more fiscally responsible in 2021. I okay. know it's going to last a week. Yeah. But I'm going to try. All and right. one week is better than no weeks. That's true. Therefore, it's a start. It truly. It's a beginning. And therefore... I have decided my husband got a new coffee pot for Christmas from my grandmother, and I'm going to just start using his coffee pot and putting ice in it. There you go. You know? Make a pitcher, put it in yeah. the fridge. So I feel like we've gotten, oh, just so you guys know, our new Patreon members, um, Cassie, Bianca, and Casey, we will be getting welcome postcards out to you in the coming weeks. Um, we're a little bit behind with everything in life because of the holidays. Mm-hmm. But I they're shipped, coming. I shipped out the um, merch gifts for <gasps> our co-conspirators. Yeah. You, I don't know if you guys know this, but the co-conspirators, that's the highest tier, um, which I'm still fucking astounded that we have anyone in that tier. <laughs> but you will be getting your special gifts that were designed by Katie and no one else will ever be able to have them because right. those are only for you. They're pretty cool. They I didn't are. realize, I don't think you'll get them by the time that this episode comes out. We Probably didn't not. realize, I'm not even going to say what they are. No. We're just going to make this really mysterious, but we didn't realize how big they were. Yes. It's you not guys are getting a big, <laughs> a big mama. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a big mama jama. So I feel like we've gotten a lot of the logistics out of the way. You guys, everything else is going to remain the same. Mm-hmm. We're just going to do one episode. or we're Just, <laughs> just gonna- one episode. <laughs> We're just going to do one episode and then we're fucking out. No, we're just going to do one episode. No, <laughs> fuck me. We're Everything is going to stay the same, you guys. We're just going to be doing one case per episode and we hope that you like it. Would you like to do your article first, Katie? Sure. Okay. Sure, sure, sure. Shoreline. Sure. This is from billboard.com and it's written by... Time out. What? I love that new phone case that you have. Do you love it? Uh-huh. And Isn't I also love your nails. You are really a me. whole ass vibe. I know. I'm like all, you guys, I've got my nails. Mm-hmm. They're blinged out. Blinged. I've got my new phone case. Mm-hmm. I've got my my new Ramones t-shirt and my cardigan. I really want that Ramones t-shirt. It's from Target. <gasps> really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Online? Yeah. Oh. But the thing is, I've got a Miss Trunchbull bun. 
I've got no makeup. I've got acne patches, um, like the the pa- the pimple patches. Yeah, in three spots. I didn't even see them. Yeah, these ones are good. These ones yeah. are like um, they just blend right in. Yeah, cool. So I don't know. I feel she's, like I need to go home and do makeup after this. Yeah, she's half a vibe, half, half a, a vibe, a scary, half a vibe, a little bit scary. Yeah. Okay. Anywho, this is from Billboard. It's written by Mitchell Peters. And it's from, oh, it was just posted yesterday. All right. That must have been when I found it. (laughs) I guess so. (laughs) Every day is the same. (laughs) The title is Tyler Rich recalls horrific experience of discovering dead body while jogging on New Year's Eve. <gasps> this he's this boy, see him, he's a country singer. I don't okay. know anything about him. Me I either. don't know any of his songs. I don't do country. There he is. The article says, quote, Tyler Rich was left badly shaken after discovering a dead body while jogging on New Year's Eve. Isn't that always how it is? Always. It's always a jogger or little boys on bikes. Mm-hmm. Damn. The country singer took to social media on Friday, January 1st, to recall the horrific experience of finding the young man's lifeless body while running through a Massachusetts park, and thanked first responders and military officials who face similar situations on a regular basis. He said um, on Instagram, quote, Not the way I planned on closing out 2020. I guess my last day of the year made sense. My heart breaks for this poor young man. This will be an image and moment of my life I'll never forget. I need to shout out first responders and our military that look death in the eye every day and are able to continue to live their everyday lives. In his post, Rich gives a detailed recollection of spotting the corpse while jogging through a heavily wooded area in Chicopee Memorial State Park. At first glance, the singer thought it was a sleeping homeless man, but after circling back, he discovered something much more grim. Quote, I realize he isn't breathing, and as I get around to the front of him, all I see is a lifeless face covered in blood oh. everywhere. Looked like maybe shot or blunt force. At this moment, I freak out and sprint up the steep hill to try and find anyone with a phone to call police. Damn. That's just, yeah. I can't, I can't. I can't imagine I that. Mm-mm. The singer, who didn't have a phone on him, quickly found a couple nearby who let him use their mobile device to call police. He then spent the next couple hours giving his statement to authorities. Rich added that police found a gun in one of his hands under his body, which means it potentially could have been a suicide. Aww. Authorities are still investigating the death. Rich said, quote, I'm doing what I can to process this, the image, the reality. It's been a rough 24 hours, something I'll never unsee or forget. He looked like a young, normal kid, someone with a family, probably wondering where he was. Ugh. Ugh. I hate that. That's just terrible. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine. And like, oh, I know. I can't no. even imagine. I don't want to imagine it. No. Mm. I didn't hear about that. I always, I mean, I think most of us are like this, but I always like... I feel like I'm looking. Yes. Like in the car, looking in the ditch. Yep. Yep. Mm, but I mean, what the I don't fuck would jogging, I do? But... <laughs> you don't? No, I don't jog. Oh. No. Mm-mm. I mean, I know it looks like I do, yes. but I don't. Truly. Huh. Okay. My article is equally as fucking devastating as that one. So I'm sorry. But we Great. have a devastating episode. 2021. Yeah. <laughs> 2021. The year of Posi- mental health. Positivity. <laughs> <laughs> okay. My article is from Daily Mail. And the title is, quote, Bodies of Five Babies Found mm. Hidden in Freezer and Drinks Cooler at House in France After Man Tipped Off Police, no. end quote. Yeah. Five babies? Yeah. So I'm going to read. This is all a quote. 
The bodies of five dead babies have been found hidden in a house in France, four in the freezer and one in a portable cooler. No. Police made the macabre discovery after a 40-year-old father called them at 7 a.m. in the town of, I can't pronounce that, Luchatz? Luchatz? Luchet? 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 I'm sorry, you guys. I can't. I'm the worst ever at anything. We love you, France. Yeah, we really do. And you guys, tell me how. Tell me how you say it. It's L O U C H A T S. You want to guess? Luchets. <laughs> in the, okay. Anyway, uh, the town is in the southwest, close to Bordeaux. I know how to say that, <laughs> unless they have some odd spelling. I mean, odd pronunciation. It's probably like kitty cat. <laughs> <laughs> It's probably like Bordeaux, right? Bordeaux. I can't do God. an accent to save my life. You guys, I'm sorry. I butcher everything that is not Midwest. Okay. Anyway. In what is believed to be the worst case of infant side in the country this century, the farmer first of all said he had found a tiny body in the thermally insulated container, one normally used to keep cold drinks, so the portable container. Did he just get suspicious and he was like snooping around? We're going to oh, find out. All right. Officers searched the premises and found four more babies in a large freezer regularly Ugh. used by the family. The man's wife was immediately sedated and rushed to a hospital while the husband who was a farmer was arrested so he could be questioned at length neither has yet been identified wow the first body was a newborn mm. said a source close to the investigation which has been opened into the horrific case it is believed that the woman had secretly given birth within the last 48 hours without telling anybody the husband was said to be absolutely devastated and shaking uncontrollably when the discoveries were made the couple have two daughters aged 13 and 15 who were thought to have been present when the first body was discovered they are now in the care of the police supported by social workers there will be dna tests to confirm the children's parentage how does he how did he not know right all of those times i'm so concerned about that i mean i know that people people can even be pregnant without without knowing right that's real but multiple but times all of those times right and he didn't Right. It's so strange. The whole thing is fucking odd to me. Yeah. The article... The article goes on to say, locals who had seen the woman recently said there were no signs that she was pregnant. Okay. But there doesn't have to be signs. That's true. A relative of the father said that he was not aware either and was in a state of complete shock at the discovery of the dead babies. Mm -hmm. The town's mayor, Philip Carrere... That's not right. I'm sorry. Who went with police to the scene said... I will not say anything about this. The only thing I can point out is that these are good people perfectly integrated in the town. Well, I think that you're wrong about that, I Phil. I think so, too. The father runs a small business maintaining gardens. Not that, I mean, I know I'm shitting on the dad a lot here when he's, it's it's her who's who's the monster. Right. But I wonder if he just like had to make a decision. Did right. I know about this or did I not know right. about this? Ugh. It goes on to say pathologists need to establish whether the babies all apparently self-delivered in secret were stillborn or died soon after birth because obviously that will um, sway courts too. That's true. You know what I mean? Because what if they were, okay, content warning, yeah. child loss. But if they were stillborn and she couldn't let go, of, mm-hmm. that's very that's very sad. That's sad, and that's a mental illness that she yeah is probably it, 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 hypothetically speaking. Yeah, that is something that probably spiraled out of control after the loss, and she maybe didn't get any help. Right. 
you know? So if that's the case, that's fucking devastating. Right. But if she's birthing them and murdering them. Right. That's not that that's devastating for the babies, but she's a monster then. Yeah. In my humble opinion. Mm -hmm. So I guess we'll find out, right? Yeah. Shit. France, we know you're listening. Yeah. We know that you are making fun of our terrible accents. Let us know if you hear anything about this, or some of you may even live by this person. I didn't read the yeah. whole article, but it's it's a very lengthy article, and obviously it'll be linked in the show notes, but just wow. crazy, right? Yeah, that's horrifying. And before we get into the actual case, we need to do the motherfucking QOTD, Katie. We do. Okay, we've do you a, have one? We've got a fun little one today from Tracy. <gasps> Tracy wants to know if Bigfoot is real. Fuck. Tracy? Fuck. I don't believe Bigfoot's real. I I believe that there we don't we don't know every species no. that lives on this earth. There mm-hmm. are probably millions of undiscovered, especially in that ocean. You know sure. that ocean. <laughs> that ocean. There's a reason you don't want to go in it's it. It's so full. It's full of secrets. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I think people see something. Yeah, but I, don't I know think it could be. I don't know. A shadow. It could be. It could be a bear. It could be, could be a bear, a man. You know how sometimes those fucking hunters. You know how sometimes those fucking hunters <laughs> dress up in like leaves and shit in their ghillie suits. Yeah, yeah. whatever it is. Mm-hmm. It could be one of those. It could be. I feel. I just don't believe. I don't know. I don't I know. believe it. I know. I'm though very much. I'm actually more inclined to believe that there's Bigfoot than than ghosts. You're a for sure. For sure. I believe in ghosts. Because when, that's here's, something that exists. It would be here on Earth. It's yeah, something tangible. I know what you mean. Here, my thing is I 100% believe in ghosts and probably 35% believe in Bigfoot. Yeah. I don't know. And then there's like the whole Mothman thing. I yeah. think that they're seeing something that has just not been discovered, obviously. <laughs> but I think it's like um, a bird or yeah. like something. Maybe. That, maybe. Yeah. And some sort just, of crane. And Tracy, just so you know, I'm wrong 89% of the time. One would maybe argue 98% of the time. <laughs> so I am pro- I could be very, very, very wrong about this. Who knows? This. Nobody knows. No. That's the thing. That's the thing. If that was a rapid fire question and someone said, you have one second or you're, I'm going to blow your brains out. Yeah. I would say no. Yeah. Do you believe in Bigfoot? No. And I would be like, well, <laughs> and then I would just be shot. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think, I think it's something. Yeah. I don't necessarily know if it's Bigfoot. Mm-hmm. Um, and lo- the Loch Ness Monster. I yeah. totally believe in that. And I know that there's so many people. There's been mm-hmm. there's Bigfoot sightings everywhere every fucking day all over the right. place. So I don't think that they're all fucking deranged people who are making it up right. just to make it up. Yeah. To say that, oh, I saw Bigfoot. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's they're seeing something, I mm-hmm. believe. There's people that dedicate like their entire existence to that shit. Yeah. Which, I mean, good for you. It's good Fine. to have a hobby. Yeah, ex- You probably have much healthier hobbies than I do. True. You know what my um, newest hobby is? So really quick, you guys. I've been on TikTok a lot lately. Oh, I don't make yes, a TikTok. You I don't. Have. I don't make a video. I don't do that. I don't even have my real name on there because sometimes I like to fight in the comments. Um, but no, there's. <laughs> I saw this one, and the girls like. You guys probably already all know about this. This is probably old news. But the girls like, if you go to the TikTok comments, like on this video or any video, and you type in re 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 like r i r i over and over, okay. and then you hi- you select it and translate it, it's terrifying. What? Yeah. Okay. So see how that says re re re. Yeah. Translate. It is a cry for help. This is what it translates to. It is a cry for help. It is a reflection. It's getting worse. 
it cries out. That's fucking terrifying. Let's do this one. This one translates to, what is the meaning of the word Lord? It is a nightmare. It cries. What the fuck is that? It cries. (laughs) This one translates to, it cries out. The next, the second. It's raining cats and dogs. The squirrel, the squirrel. (laughs) That one's not as scary. Yeah, that one's not scary. Like, some of them are, are crazy. This one translates to, the weeping, the weeping, the wailing. What the fuck? And I think it's probably just, this one's crying, crying. I think it's probably something that they did, like, the coders, mm-hmm. when they made that, and they coded the sure. app, just like a little Easter egg thing. Wouldn't it be crazy, but though, if it, it was, like, like yes. ghosts trying to, like, communicate? Yes. Well, if they were all, like, fucking, like, sad, crying like that, Most I would Most of them are, that. too, yeah. The that's weeping, so the weeping. There's one. That's I could like, see my grandma saying "squirrel, squirrel, squirrel." Yeah, <laughs> just to be funny. But that's my new hobby: is translating re-re comments. Yeah, that's cool. I'm glad you that guys you have, have that like, hobby. No idea what I'm talking about. I will um, post a screenshot. Yeah, you should because I didn't know about that. Yeah. All right. Do you have a story for me? Um, I do have a story for you. But first, I'm. I want to talk. I just want to have a little quick convo. So. Our sweet little coven poops. I asked you to late last night. It was late for me, but it was probably early for most functioning adults. Um, who the scariest mothers were? Okay, like the ones who killed their children. Okay, and a couple people came through. Jessica, who is one of our Patreon members, said Rosemary West, mm. Lori Vallow Daybell, Casey Anthony, Pearl Fernandez, and Shirley Jane Turner. Do you know? Well. Obviously, we know fucking Lori Vallow Daybell because we did uh, yeah. one of our first episodes on her. Yeah, Fred and Fred and Rosemary West are fucking horrific. Yeah, monsters. we've never you, we've never done them before. I don't know if I can. I think I probably could, I, and that would be a long ass episode. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Rosemary West, that yeah. one, of course. Casey Anthony, we all know. Did you see that article yeah. that was posted in the group? I think though, if we just ignore her, maybe she'll go away. I don't yeah. know what the fuck she's. What what yeah. what is she thinking, Casey I don't, Anthony? I don't. In case you guys didn't see it, she's opening up what like a private investigation thing. Yeah, and it's an uh, O.J. Simpson's. What, who was it? Like defense. Yeah. One of his defense team members. Something. Houses. I'm probably have that wrong. But what, stop. Why, stop, Casey? Anthony. Yeah, Casey Anthony, you should have just fucking fizzled you out. Were and one of the most left. hated women in America, if not the world. And go. Who, who go. the fuck? Would ever hire her to investigate right. shit. shit. She, she's got some weird, sinister, fucking fucked up motive for wanting to do that. I, I don't understand. I saw a video that someone had gotten um, at a restaurant of her holding her friend's baby. It was like someone who was at the table and like secretly filming. Wow. Yeah. I'm just be like, no, you, you can't no. hold the baby. You fucking can't. You Drop killed yours. Drop the baby and go. Um, and then what about Pearl Fernandez and Shirley Jane Turner? I don't know them. I don't think so. Maybe I might if I heard the story, but offhand, I don't. Uh, sure. And then you said Diane Downs. Is Diane Downs the one who like shot her kids in the car and then tried I, to say that it, that someone yeah. carjacked or something? Yeah. I've heard about her, but I don't think I even know that. You also said the Hart family. Do I know them? Oh, my God. Yeah, you do. Um. So this is them. The two moms. And uh-huh. they have adopted all of these children. Drove them all off a cliff. Are you fucking kidding me? Mm-hmm. And there's still a lot of like mystery behind it. There's a podcast called Broken Hearts, H-A-R-T-S, because that's the last name. I feel like you did and tell me about this I listened before. to it a while back, and the podcast is amazing. It's yes. very detailed. I started listening didn't you start to it. it? Yeah. Yes. Uh-huh. I forgot about it. Yeah. I wonder Horrifying. why I didn't finish it. I would love to cover that some yeah. us both or you or whoever. Uh-huh. 
But yeah, I mean, a very I just, sad story because they put up such a front. Yeah. About who they were. I fucking hate that. And that ties perfectly in to what I'm going to talk about next. All right. I just wanted to talk about some of those women because we've never talked about the majority of them before yet on the pod. Mm-hmm. And it feels, um, it fits the theme. Hint, hint. All right. So those women were monsters basically hidden in plain sight. Right. And that's how I started off this pod. All right. So I'm going to get a little dramatic on you for a minute. Okay. Because this woman who I'm covering fucking evoked something inside of me that I didn't think could ever be brought to the surface. I'm ready. I have no idea what you're doing. Monsters are real. They sure fucking are. They don't only live in horror films and nightmares, but instead they live and walk freely. The real monsters wear the same clothes as you and I. They shop for groceries and have laugh lines. They are someone's mother, father, uncle, friend, cousin. They could live right next door to you or even in your own home. Some of the most terrifying monsters are not confined to nightmares and horror films. They walk among us. And today I am going to be telling you about one of the most disturbing cases I have researched to date. This is your trigger warning. There needs to be a lot of trigger warnings, but anyone who listens to Cruel and Unusual, the podcast, knows that basically every single episode needs a trigger warning. Um, I think that this episode definitely needs trigger warnings for child abuse, child loss, abuse in general. But as you always say, these people had to live these horrific events. Mm -hmm. The least that we can do is share their stories and not let them just die out. If you are not in the right frame of mind, we urge you to move on from this episode until you are. Because today I will be telling you about Michelle Blair. Michelle Blair was a case that was requested by our favey fave Maria. Hello, Maria. Um, who we love more than life itself. And I actually talked to Maria a little bit after I was done researching last night. And she just talked about what a fucking wild ride it was, too. So mm-hmm. you guys buckle the fuck up. Michelle Blair, a single mother of four children, lived in Detroit, Michigan. She didn't have the best upbringing, and isn't that how it always fucking goes? Mm -hmm. Or at least most of the time. I think that we've debunked the myth that every single serial killer or murderer grows up in a terrible environment, but it's only common knowledge that a lot of them do, and Michelle Blair was no exception. Crime Watch Daily had an interview with Michelle Blair later after everything happened, and Michelle spoke up about her own sexual abuse that she suffered from when she was a child. She told the interview host that she had even told her mother that she was being sexually abused, and her mother said, quote, it's over with, so what the fuck do you want me to do about it? Ugh. End quote. Th- that was in Michelle Blair's words. Hate. Michelle went on to say that she just went in her room after she told her mom and sat there and felt stupid. Mm -hmm. She was a child. Yeah. It was clear from the interview that she has years of built up, pent up anger and rage just fucking boiling inside of her. Michelle had to even see her abuser frequently when she was still a child because the person still came in and out of the house and quite often. Michelle said that everyone has choices and she can't blame everything on her mother, everything that I'm about to tell you, but she does think, and many people do think, that all of this kind of started from when she was younger. I'm sure it did. Michelle went on to say that she's always been honest with her four children about rape and what happened to her. So she grew up, she had four children of her own, and Mm -hmm. she's always told them from young ages about the gruesome details of her rape, Mm. um, which... I understand wanting to tell your children 
that if someone touches you in you a certain to. spot you have to you and have you have to. to start that very young yeah i i understand that you mm-hmm. you have to do that otherwise they're not going to know but the gruesome details I mean, and she said, mm-hmm. she told them in explicit detail what happened yeah. to her. And that really makes me wonder about some things that happened later on. Mm-hmm. Um, but so she said in the interview that she always told her children about what happened to her and how it made her feel inside in detail. She told them if anyone ever touched them inappropriately that they, quote, better fucking tell me, end quote. She emphasized that she told her children that rape was the worst possible thing that someone could do to someone else. The passion in her voice in this interview and her facial expressions when she's talking are just, it's its unreal. I'll upload the video after this episode goes live over in the coven mm-hmm. um, in the Facebook group, but it's just, she is so fucking passionate about it. Yeah. And before I knew anything that happened, i that was this was the very first video yeah. that I watched. So I had no idea about what was going to unfold. Right. And I felt bad for her. I feel bad for her right now. Uh-huh. And I, I know that mm-hmm. she's going to be, become a monster. Oh, honey. That honestly breaks but, my heart. Yeah, but right now, like to have, mm-hmm. to go through that as a yeah. child. Have no which, support. Yeah, it's Have nobody believe you. Or, exactly. You know, have your mom not give a shit yeah. and say, what do you want to do? And have yeah. let, and your parent, your fucking protector is mm-hmm. letting that person in the house when they know. When they it's know. It's one thing when you don't know. Yeah. There's plenty of parents who don't know that, and that's heartbreaking. But she knew. She knew. And not wanting it to happen to her own kids so badly that right. she, I mean, obviously she over She went overboard. But way overboard. But th- I think that was just coming from a place of heartbreak. Com- yeah, and, complete and total fear. Yeah. And heartbroken over her mother not wanting to protect her. Right. But so, yeah, now that, I'm probably going to be eating my words because... Yes. And, and I even debated. It's so funny when I was thinking about the case, I was debating saying that I felt bad for her. It's because not all black and white. No, you know, like, no. But I'm like, how can you feel bad for a monster? But when I was looking at this, obviously, mm-hmm. I didn't know that she was a monster. Right. Well, and a lot of things are just, you don't even necessarily have to feel bad, but like understanding yeah. why. Right. That right. doesn't mean that you sympathize with, you know, like. No, not for what happened like, after. But it's okay to understand I, why people right. are the way they are. And, and do I sympathize with Machelle, the young baby that, that yeah. happened to? Of fucking course I do. Right. But even Machelle said in that interview or in one of the interviews that I watched that she doesn't blame everything on her mother, that she was an adult when these actions take place that, are, mm-hmm. that I'm about to tell you about and that she had her own choices. Well, yeah, because so no, matter, no matter what happened to you, you're still responsible for your own actions. Exactly. And you do have some serial killers that blame everything on their parents and their upbringing. Eddie Kemp's. Ed Kemp's. That's exactly who came to my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean... And you'll hear, because I'm going to play a lot of audio for you guys, you will hear this woman speak. And uh, it's just, it's really fucking something else. So before we start, I want to tell you about a few of the people that were part of Michelle Blair's life. She had four children. The oldest, her name starts with a G. I'm just going to call her G. It's public record now, but there's still some interviews and videos that don't come out and say the surviving children's name so i'm gonna do that too Mm -hmm. out of respect and privacy for these these children who are one of them's now an adult but so we'll say her oldest child is g that's a girl she then had a second daughter and the second daughter's name was stony she then had a son named steven he was actually a steven jr and then her youngest son we'll call him m okay okay alexander dorsey is the father of g and stony the so the two, two girls, yep, the oldest two girls, their father was Alexander Dorsey. 
And then we have Stephen Barry, so Stephen Sr. He is the father of the two sons, okay. Stephen Jr. and M. Stephen Barry seldom saw his sons because he was in and out of jail very, very frequently. And Alexander Dorsey seldom saw his daughters. It was just really Michelle raising these four children on her own. Mm-hmm. At one point, the children did see other family members like on Alexander and Stephen Sr.'s side. But one of the grandfathers was accused of molesting a granddaughter. So Michelle immediately took them out of those homes. Um, She goes on to say that she told these grandparents and these other family members that they could come to her own home and see the children, Mm -hmm. like with her being present, but they were never going to go to those homes again. Okay. So relationships just kind of fell away or when they did see extended family and when they did see their fathers it was very like it could go years in between them Mm. seeing them it's also said that either both or at least one of the fathers owed thousands in back child support as well hopefully that kind of makes things a little bit clear going into this case because as everything unfolds there's just a lot that happens it might get a little confusing. Okay. Okay. I'll so, try to stay on track. Okay. Let's talk about the day that set everything forth into motion. On the morning of March 24th, 2015. Oh. Yeah. Why was I thinking this was like the 70s? Yeah. It's fairly recent. On the morning of March 24th, 2015, at approximately 11 in the morning, a Wayne County Sheriff's Department bailiff and a property manager for the Martin Luther King Apartments in Detroit, Michigan, showed up to the MLK complex. They had a court-ordered eviction notice in hand and planned on just another normal day of work, kicking a tenant out who hadn't paid their rent. What they stumbled upon, though, was something morbid and grotesque. Mm. No one was home, so they entered with their court order in hand, obviously. And these are technically townhouses, at least some of them. Mm -hmm. Um, And she was in one of the townhouses. But they are referred to as apartments, so it kind of gets weird. When you're researching, it Mm -hmm. gets odd. Um, So you may catch me using the two terms interchangeably as we progress here. But yes, I know the difference in an apartment and a townhouse. Sure. (laughs) Um, They started taking, so the bailiff and the property manager started taking the property out of the apartment. And when they came to a deep freezer in the living room, they found two human-sized plastic bags stacked on top of each other. They soon realized that the two bags that were human-sized actually did hold human remains. And not just human remains, but child remains. Mm. The renter of the apartment, you guessed it, Michelle Blair, was in another apartment in the complex, babysitting an infant at the time. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. She was babysitting an infant. Hey, Casey, Anthony. Mm -hmm. Um, So as her apartment was being cleared of her belongings and the deceased bodies, she was holding a baby. Does she know at this point, I wonder? Yes. Mm. So it is said that she knew, like she knew she wasn't paying her rent anymore. She had lost her job. She had yeah. stopped paying her rent. And she actually went to this other person's apartment, perhaps, you know, obviously to babysit, mm-hmm. but maybe also because she didn't want her children to see every all of that happening and unfolding. Okay. Um, and someone else actually led the the law enforcement when they were called mm-hmm. to where Michelle Blair was in the other townhouse oh, or apartment. Okay. All right. So they apprehended her quite quickly. Not long after the bailiff and property manager found the children's remains, Michelle Blair was arrested, detained, all of that that I just said. They questioned her about why the fuck there were two children's bodies hidden in her deep freezer. And her surviving daughter and son, M and G, 
um, M was nine at the time and mm. G was 17 at the time. Okay. Keep in mind, M, who's nine, is a boy and G, who's 17, is a girl. They were interviewed very shortly after all of this happened. Ugh, those poor kids. Mm-hmm. God. And so I just can't even fucking imagine, man. I can't. They reported that G, the 17-year-old daughter of Michelle Blair, informed law enforcement that Michelle got mad at Stoney, her second-born daughter, for saying that she didn't like her younger brother, M, or her older brother, G. Well, what sibling does? Mm -hmm. So instead of, you know, Michelle just being like, why don't you like your brother and sister? Or, yeah, I know you don't like your brother and sister. Tough fucking luck. That's who you got. Mm -hmm. She decided to strangle her second-born daughter, Stoney, with a black T-shirt, and then suffocated her with a plastic bag, among other God. brutal torture. G then reported that Michelle, her mother, then asked her to put Stoney's body into the deep oh freezer. Oh, my God. So G saw her mother kill her sister. Yeah. And then was asked to put the deceased body in the deep wow. freezer. Did she do it? I don't believe so. Yeah. I don't believe so. Yeah, we probably don't know. No. Ugh. It's reported that when law enforcement was conducting these interviews right after all of this happened, G had a cut above her left eye, which she says was from her mother, Michelle, hitting her with a two by four piece of wood. Oh. She also had a broken front tooth because Michelle hit her with a curling iron. God. It was found out that Stoney, who now we know was one of the deceased children in the freezer, was 13 at the time of her death. And Stephen, her firstborn son, was nine at the Mm. time of his death. Poor babies. And they had both been deceased for over two years. What? I'm sorry. Yeah. What? Yeah. Two years. So nine-year-old Stephen was on the bottom of the freezer (sighs) in a bag. And then 13-year-old Stoney was in a bag directly on top of him. Did anybody wonder what had happened to these children? We're going to get into okay. that. Because that's fucking Two maddening. Two years. Two years. So now at this time, so like when wow. these, when everything was conducted, it was like they were 11 and 15. Mm-hmm. And it gets worse. And, and I'm sorry in advance, but we're going to talk about it. Okay. The nine-year-old boy, M, confirmed G's story. It is reported that he had numerous loop-shaped scars and injuries on his body at the time of this investigation. Loop-shaped? Loop-shaped. From what? So the scars and injuries were located on his back, his right buttock, and his right hip. It's reported that these injuries were consistent with Michelle Blair abusing him with an extension cord. Oh, my God. You guys, I just want to reiterate for the 10 millionth time that this is their mother. Yeah. Their mother. Mm Mm-hmm. Their protector. It's fucking disgusting. (sighs) Okay. Michelle Blair collected $771 in food assistance, Medicaid on all four children, and child support for one of the children that was deceased for years after Stoney and Stephen were already dead. On March 25th of 2015, James Craig, who was the police chief of Detroit, held a press conference to inform the public and let them know that they would not be answering questions at that time. He did mention that they were investigating the case as an active homicide case. I'm going to let you hear the audio from that. As you all know, yesterday we reported a terrible tragedy. Because this continues to be an active homicide investigation, I will not be discussing specifics or taking questions this morning. We were fortunate yesterday that a member of our community stopped our investigators and led us to the location where we found and arrested the mother 
of the two children found dead in her apartment. Our homicide team continues to work diligently to bring some closure to both family and their friends. The medical examiner will be performing autopsies in the next day, and at that time, we will know the cause of death of these two children. Our detectives will also be presenting an investigative report to the Wayne County Prosecutor's Office for evaluation and review. As you can imagine, this is a very complex case. While we all understand your desire and the desire to know more about what happened in the home, I will ask you to be mindful of the two children who are also in the home that are still alive. They've been through a lot, as you can imagine, a tremendous trauma, and I don't believe there's anyone here in this room that would want to cause any additional pain to these children. Please, and I emphasize, please respect their privacy. They deserve at least that. While I know all of you want all of the answers, we have an obligation to protect the integrity of this case so that justice is served through the prosecutorial and judicial process. Again, please respect the two living children and the trauma that they are enduring by giving them some privacy at this time. That concludes my interview, and thank you very much. So I feel like it was very vague, but at the same time, James Craig was really wanting to protect those two other children. Right, yeah. I know now that I've kind of thrown a shit ton of information at you, but I want to bring it all the way back to the okay. 2000s real quick, and then we can kind of recap before going forward. In 2002, social workers opened up an investigation on Michelle Blair due to bruising on her daughter's bodies, both daughters' bodies. This was 2002. Okay. 13 years before. So they were toddlers? Yeah. Yeah. Nothing happened as a result of the investigation that was opened, and ultimately, Michelle was allowed to keep custody of all four children. Mm -hmm. And actually, I don't even know if the boys were born yet, but for sure the girls obviously were. Mm -hmm. In 2005, three years later, those same little girls of hers had both bruises and burn marks <sighs> on their bodies. Another investigation was opened. Nothing came of it. Because it's normal yeah. for children to have burn marks on them. Right. There, you you hear complete and total horror stories about child protective services. Yeah. Or you hear fucking brilliant stories about mm -hmm. child protective services. There's no yeah. in between. Yeah. It's just, it's such a fucking awful line, an awful place to be in. Because you have, yeah. in any, any employee anywhere in any field, yeah. there's good and bad. Right. You know, right. and I'm sure that there's good and bad. There's lazy and competent yeah. social workers. So we can't say that the entire organization no. of Child Protective Services is is terrible. No, but, but I, there's I, think gonna be, I think it's safe to say it needs reform. Of course. Of course. So I just, I don't know. I, I just, it, it's fucking maddening that they mm -hmm. had two open investigations yeah. And nothing was done either right. time. And I know that that, is, that happens so often to so many babies that are being abused. Yeah. And it just fucking hurts my goddamn heart, honestly. In 2011, 2012, in that school year, Michelle Blair pulled her four children out of school and said she was going to homeschool her children. Never a good fucking sign when you have active investigations open up on yeah. a mother who then homeschools her children. That happened with the, the Hart family, too. That's just oh. like the first thing that came to my mind. God. So, okay. 
So here's what we have. Michelle Blair, the mother, had custody of her four children. Their fathers were absent fathers, and the children didn't see other family members very often. And on the morning of March 24, 2015, it was found that Michelle had two deceased bodies in her freezer, and her two surviving children, G and M, both gave statements to law enforcement about how their mother murdered their half-siblings. So let's talk about Stephen Barry, a nine-year-old sweet little boy, Michelle's firstborn son. Michelle came home from wherever she had been one day, and she found M, her youngest son, using dolls to simulate sexual actions. Immediately, Michelle was on high alert because she wasn't sure how, at such a young age, I think he was six at the Mm -hmm. time, he would know what any of that was. In her mind, he would have no idea about it. So she was immediately triggered thinking of her past trauma Mm -hmm. and the stuff that she has told her kids about time and time again. So she asks M, has anyone ever done this to you? And he denied it right away. He's like, no, nothing. That never happened to me. Mm -hmm. But ultimately, Michelle kept asking him. And then the young boy said that, yeah, someone had done that to him. He told his mom that his brother, Stephen Barry, had performed sexual acts on him or to him. Mm. Michelle sees red. She instantly gets hot. She's not thinking clearly. She's thinking, how could this even be possible she goes to Stephen. she says have you done this to your brother is he telling me the truth and she later said in an interview and i'll play this later on like when we get past this point but she said that quote he stood up and stared at me like he done lost his mind end quote michelle repeated herself have you done this to your brother and she said that Stephen confessed that yeah he did but that was all he did that's what he said She asked Stephen if he did those specific acts with his underwear off, and Stephen said no, and the younger son said yes, he did. Michelle started beating Stephen repeatedly, while M listed off other things that his older brother did to him. With those confessions, Michelle was getting more and more angry by the minute, and she was beating him harder and harder, inflicting more pain onto him, her son, with every blow. Keep in mind that this baby, Stephen, was nine years old and his grown woman of a mother was torturing him. Stephen was made to drink Windex. Later, it was said that the younger brother, M, said Stephen made him do this, when in turn, Michelle made Stephen drink it as payback. She's, you're going to hear this from her own mouth later on, so I'm not going to go into a lot of detail, but Michelle said that later... Her younger son told her that Stephen also forced his face down into the sheets and as he was assaulting him, so basically so he couldn't breathe, Mm -hmm. and then he ejaculated into M's eyes. Oh, my God. So, so Michelle, during this beating, would wrap Stephen's head in plastic bags until he fell unconscious, asking him, do you like how this feels? She would also fasten a belt around his neck until he became unconscious and do it again. She said she would fasten the belt around his neck and hold him up in the air, asking him, Jesus Christ, how do you, how do you like how this feels? This is her son. She, during this torturing saga, she would throw scalding hot water. So she made Stephen get into the bathtub. She, she repeatedly threw scalding hot water onto his genitals until his skin Mm. burned off. He was barely fed, and she made it clear that she didn't starve him, but she definitely didn't give him much food because apparently M 
said that Stephen would always eat his meat and his good food and make him only have vegetables. Mm -hmm. So as payback, that is what she did to Stephen, her son. Michelle later says in court that she even told herself that maybe she should back off a little bit, play (laughs) off of the torture, she said. Yeah, the torture that she was inflicting on her own son that she carried in her womb for nine months. You are going to get to hear all of this, like I said, in Michelle's own words soon, and I'm going to play it for you. The torture went on for between one and two weeks. It's not totally clear. She decided to go check on him, on Stephen in his room. She brought him into the bathroom because he was vomiting all over himself, and he could barely stand. He had a very faint heartbeat. And Michelle said he normally had a strong heartbeat. And when I read that, I was immediately triggered because I was like, that is something that an abuser does. Mm -hmm. An abuser will check the heartbeat of their victim to see if they're still alive and kind of be like, can I take this a little further Mm -hmm. or should I stop? You know, so there's no fucking doubt in my mind that Michelle Blair had been beating her children for years and that she was no stranger to feeling her children's heartbeats. She Mm -hmm. probably checked them often. On August 30th of 2012, nine-year-old Stephen Barry passed away from the nonstop, incessant, grueling torture he endured at the hands of Michelle Blair, his own mother. Michelle immediately told her youngest son, this is something that she says in court, that she would need to go away. And he pleaded with her not to turn herself in. This is a six-year-old. Yeah. uh, Not to leave him. So Michelle later said that's why she decided to wrap Stephen Barry's body in plastic, put him in her deep freezer in her living room, and she wanted to do what her six-year-old asked of her. Nine months later, Michelle said that she found out that Stoney, her second-born daughter, also had been sexually assaulting her youngest son, M. Nine months after all of this. Mm -hmm. The youngest boy, M, said that Stoney would wring out her pad, I'm talking a menstrual pad, into his mouth. Fucking God. And she would sit on his face and make him perform oral sexual acts on her. What? You're going to hear this in the audio clips. Michelle asked Stoney why she would ever do this to her youngest brother. And Stoney said everyone thought the youngest boy, M, was so cute. And she hated him and she hated her older sister, G. Is that even fucking true? Right. Was it true with the... with the? Um, we have no idea. We're the, never going to know. The other boy? We'll never know. God. On May 25th of 2013, Stoney... Michelle's second-born daughter, age 13, passed away nine months after her half-brother, Stephen Barry, also at the hands of her own mother, Michelle Blair. She did not torture her for a week or two weeks in the way that she tortured Stephen, but she strangled Stoney with a black t-shirt and placed a plastic bag over her head and suffocated her. Stoney was then wrapped up similar to Stephen. Michelle asked her, oldest daughter g her firstborn to assist her in putting stoney's body in the deep freezer on top of steven's body like Mm. i said earlier oh so god can we be done no (laughs) that's a lot that's a lot when i was researching this i just it gives me anxiety to think about this happening um and we'll talk at the end of the podcast about this but there's a lot of people who don't even think that that the abuse happened and really? there's reason to think that the the, the abuse between, between siblings. the children. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's the thing. It's a waste. Right. Because even if it did, they're still, they're children. They're usually, like we talked about, products of their own environments. Mm-hmm. There's still hope. Right. For them. Right. And the judge and makes mention and of that. Right. God. So huh, let's gather ourselves. Okay. And move on. Let's talk about the trial and her sentencing and all of that. Okay. 
So the trial for Machelle Blair, just so you know, she immediately admits everything once the bodies are found. Mm -hmm. She says that she did it. Um, And then the trial, there's a lot of footage of it online. It opens up with the prosecution making a statement that there was only evidence of physical abuse to the children. There was no evidence of sexual abuse found against the youngest child between siblings. Okay. Immediately, Michelle Blair speaks out of term, which she does often in the courtroom, saying that the prosecution is lying. The judge basically puts Michelle right into her place, saying if she cannot behave, she's going to have to go lying well Mattel, yeah you killed your it, kids even if it's the truth look at what you did right there's a lot of um placing the blame on other people mm-hmm. in this case after the prosecution says they have no further comment the judge allows mr harris who is defending Michelle blair to comment and defending is i'm using that loosely um he says the following so this is a statement that mr harris gives to the court quote I've had the opportunity to speak to Miss Blair over the past couple of months. Her story has not changed. It has been consistent as to the sexual abuse that her younger son admitted and the older two children admitted they had committed to this young boy. I don't know where the prosecutor is getting that this didn't happen because they did not interview the younger boy. I will indicate to this court, and believe me, I don't justify Miss Blair's actions, and she understands that. But this is a horrible situation in which you have an individual who was abused as a young child, experienced hardships, lack of education, had her own children, children did some unspeakable things to each other with the lack of support that she had as a child... And the lack of support that she had from any of the fathers of these people and not making an excuse for her. But that didn't allow her to cope with the situation in a way that many of us would have obviously chosen different options. What angers me the most, I think, is there's no way in the world as a father I would allow anybody to not let me see my children for years. That's what angers him the most. Mm-hmm. There are always options. They could have asked for a welfare check with the police. They could have went back to CPS. They could have went to the school system. They could have done a number of things. I suspect in all reality, it wasn't a situation where Michelle Blair wasn't saying, you can't see the children. It was a situation where they chose not to see their children. Over two years, you don't get to see your child? That makes no sense. If you really wanted to see your child, you could go to the court. I understand there were child support issues. Go to the court. Say, yeah, I know I owe child support, but yes, I understand that, but I still haven't seen my child, and I want to know what the situation is with my children. This is a very unfortunate situation. Miss Blair has made her statements both here and in juvenile, and on several occasions to me. I would just as the court has to, sentence her to life in prison without parole. She is accepting responsibility for her actions. Thank you. End quote. I'm sorry, but this is not anything to do with the fathers. Right. She killed her children. Mm-hmm. Let's not divert focus here. Right. Competency came into play, and Judge Hathaway spoke to Michelle Blair and her attorney, Mr. Harris, in regards to said competency. Michelle was deemed competent by multiple sources, and she waived her Miranda rights, and Michelle pled criminally responsible. However, prosecution then stood up and mentioned that Michelle refused a criminal responsibility examination with respect to the forensic center. I don't really know what this means, but I'm just making sure I give you all the information. She was deemed competent to submit that waiver as well. So she's the court is basically saying she can do whatever she wants. She can waive all of her rights. Mm-hmm. She can plead guilty. Yada, yada, yada. Judge Hathaway asked Michelle to explain in detail why she was pleading guilty to the deaths of her two children. 
Judge Hathaway says, quote, Miss Blair, what did you do to Stoney Blair that makes you guilty of premeditated murder? End quote. Michelle Blair says, quote, she raped my son and I intentionally killed her. End quote. I'm going to play the audio from the courtroom after Michelle Blair admitted to intentionally killing her children. The audio this audio pertains mostly to Stoney. It's long, so bear with me, but it has critical information pertaining to the case. Starting from the beginning, when I found out about what Stoney was doing to Matthew, it was nine months later after finding out about Stephen. So for the whole nine months we were in the house, she was still raping my child. I did not know that. When I first found out, after Maddie told me, um, I took a minute because I was not understanding, you know, what was, that she did that to him. But um, I repeatedly punched her on many occasions. My son, I told him to tell me every single thing she did to him. So as she was telling me, he was telling me more and more things that she did. I assaulted her every time he told me what she did to him. Um, by assault, I mean I punched her. I have put a bag over her head till she lost consciousness. Um, I threw hot water on her, scolding hot water from the faucet. Um, Did you hit her in the head with the whip Yes, stick? I hit her on her head multiple times, over and over. Was that shortly before she died? That was actually days before she died and the day she died. Okay. Um... I hit on her back. It's like on her tailbone. Um, I kicked her. Okay, I just want to clarify a few things. And perhaps you don't know, but did this happen on or about May 25th, 2014? To the May, May 25th is actually the day she died. Well, the day I killed her. And you said you killed her by putting a grocery bag over her head? Yes. Um, that day, Maddie would tell me different things because she was doing this to him for years. And I did not know that. You get what I'm saying? And I didn't find out until nine months later. She had started with Steven. She ruined my son. Okay? She started with Steven before he even started. So... Yes, I put a bag over her head, but... um. It got worse that day. Yes, I did. It got worse that day because Matthew would tell me how she would take her pad, her menstrual pad, and squeeze her blood out in his mouth. Okay? And it was just, it was over with after that. It was over with. You meant to kill her? I definitely meant to kill her. Okay. It wasn't an accident? No, not at all. Okay. If I had a chance to do it again, I would. When you went and got the grocery bag and suffocated her, that was your intent? Yes. Um, she was standing in the bathtub. I was throwing hot water on her. My son was standing to my right outside the bathroom door, and he was telling me everything he was telling me. I looked at her, and I'm like, you did this? And she's like, yes. So I actually had a stick, and I was hitting her in the head. Every time he told me something, I hit her very hard in her head, and I was throwing hot water on her. And when I actually took her out of the bathroom, I took her back in her room, and I just kept staring at her, and I said, excuse my language, but I'm like, why the fuck would you do this to him? Just like, you know, I'm constantly asking her, and she kept saying, I hate him. And I'm like, you hate him? You know? And she admitted to me that she hated 
Gabrielle, she hated Steve, she hated everybody. And I'm asking her why. She says, everybody always think Matthew's so cute. And I'm like, so you fuck your brother because you get what I'm saying. So it's, I meant to. I definitely meant to. And I do not feel any remorse for what I did to Stoney. Because she had no remorse for what she did to my son. And it's not only raped him, she gang raped him with Steven. Matthew Ross sitting on the floor and he was telling me this is how I found out about both of them doing it together. But it was too late. Stephen was gone. But Matthew told me that Stoney would actually make him sit there. Why? In his words, him and Stoney, her and Stoney did the nasty stuff and then they did it to him. And so now this was your way of inflicting punishment? Definitely. Okay. She named those things off like a grocery list. Yeah. Yep. So just so everybody knows, Stoney, that's who she was just talking about. That is her second born daughter. This happened after she murdered her her firstborn son, Stephen. I don't know why they did it in this order, but yeah. so we'll get to Stephen as well. But um, I just can't fathom being a mother and doing that. And we'll talk more about options later. But um, yeah. That that wow. and the the lack of fucking remorse, my mm-hmm. God! She said she would do it again. Yeah, right after that audio took place, the prosecution asked the judge to ask Michelle if she ever physically witnessed the sexual abuse happening. Michelle said, "Quote: I reject her question, but I'll answer it because no one will tell me it didn't happen. It did." End quote. So the answer is no. She never saw any kind of mm-hmm. physical abuse happening. She went on to say that she never saw it with her eyes. She said she thought back over the years to all of M's problems. Now she said it in the recording, but I'm not saying it. Such as when M, such as when M would tell her and cry when he was pooping. Mm-hmm. Um, and she just thought he was constipated or it hurt or something, but. Michelle says that this is probably because he was being raped. She thought back to when he um, had a stomach bug or she thought it was a stomach bug. And she thinks maybe that's when her older two children were making him drink Windex. This is all speculation. This is what she thinks. Because she was abused. Yes. Your mind goes to dark places. Right. Fucked her up. Not that obviously you guys know that I'm not saying that's okay. No. But it could be why. She right, did it. Right. Michelle Blair said that she asked Stoney why, when she was questioning Stephen and beating him to death, why why didn't Stephen say that Stoney was doing this to him? Mm-hmm. And Stoney said that she was beating Stephen to keep him silent. This is all entirely just Michelle Blair's testimony yeah, and her words. About kids who can't defend themselves. Exactly. Who are dead. Yeah. And one who was like nine when this was going right. on. And six at the time. The judge then says... Tell me what happened to Stephen. And this is her audio from the courtroom. I came home one day. My daughter, Gabrielle, my oldest, met me at the door. And she's like, Mom, come see what Maddie doing with his dials. And I'm like, what is he doing? He was making one dial, his little wrestle man, hump on top of the other. I'm like, Maddie, why was you doing that? I said, anybody ever do this to you? He said, no. I said, then why are you doing that? And he said, yes, Stephen did. And I was like... So this is the first I'm hearing about that period. This was nine months before Stoney. Mm-hmm. Okay, Stoney wasn't downstairs, and I she was always in the background. I wish to God I had questioned everybody together, but I didn't. Did but, you say this was around August 30th, 2012? No, this was before August 30th. August 30th is when he died. Okay. This was when, maybe a week, a week and a half. Before he died? Yes. Okay. So that 
Matthew telling you that set off some action? Yes, I went upstairs because Stephen was upstairs in him, his and Matthew's room. And I went upstairs and I said, Stephen, Matthew said you was humping on him. And then Stephen stood up and he looked at me and right then I could tell, I could tell something was wrong in his face because he was just like this. Any normal kid, I know my kid would have been like, what? That's not what he did. He stood up and looked at me like he had lost his mind, okay? And it, it just hearing that from him had me fucked up in my head, period. But I asked him, I said, Stephen, tell me the fucking truth. Was you humping on Matthew? He said, yes, but that was all. And I said, did you hump on him with your underwear off? He said, no. Matthew yelled out, yes, he did. And I just remember going in the hallway, walking back and forth, like, and I walked back up, and I was like, you fucked your brother. You, you know what I'm saying? You fucked your brother. So I'm looking at them, too. I'm looking at them like, what? I can't understand. So I start punching Steven. You know what I'm I'm like, what the fuck is you doing to him? I just, I just start asking him questions. Matthew, at this point, is just spilling out. He's just spilling out. And mom, and he's doing like this, and he do this thing almost every night. He tell me how he was, we not put bags over Steven's head. Because if we had Maddie, I thought Maddie peed in the bed. My son was never a bad wetter. Didn't know it was Steven waking up every morning, pissing on Matthew. Like he was a damn piece of shit, okay? They had bunk beds. Steven would get out the bed in the middle of the night. You would rape him in his own bed. You would pee on him instead of going to the bathroom. I'm waking up every morning thinking Matthew's a bedwetter. So we just wash him up and go, you, you, you a bedwetter. Let's so talk about what you did to Steven. The reason I put bags over Steven's head is because my son told me that the plastic on his bed, because I thought he was a bedwetter, he said, sometimes, Mom, I couldn't breathe. Stephen was laying on me, and he had my face down in the plastic on the bed. I couldn't breathe, and he was humping on my butt like a basketball. That's when I got a garbage bag and started putting it over Stephen's head. And I started asking him, bitch, you know what I'm saying? You see what this feels like? You can't breathe? You stop my... That's my son. You could not breathe on top of getting raped. He was six years old at the time. You get what I'm saying? So I put a bag over his head. He lost consciousness. I did that a couple times. Um, he told me that Maddie, Maddie would be face down. He had stuff around his neck. So I grabbed Steven and I grabbed a belt and I put a belt around his neck and I lifted him up. Like, do you like how this feels? Being choked with a belt. So I dropped him. I held him up until he lost consciousness as well. You were intending to... No, I did not intend to kill Steven. No, no, no. I'm not... Listen to my question. We're intending to inflict serious physical harm, but not kill him. Definitely. Okay. Did you also punch him? Yes, I did. Multiple times. Yes, I did. You talked about choking him. Did you also burn him? Yes, I did. Okay, how did you do that? Hot water. Scalding hot water. In our bathroom, the hot, the hot water gets extremely hot. So, um, his private area, I stood him in the bathtub naked. You, you, you fucked up my son with Joe dick, you know? So, yes, I threw hot water in his genital area multiple times. Multiple times. Every time Matthew... Stephen peed in my son's eyes. He put his dick in his ears, his nose. He peed. Matthew even told me one time, Mom, and in my eyes, it was... It was... He said it was, it was gooey, but it 
wasn't pee. And then right then, it was like, I didn't even know a nine-year-old could ejaculate. You get what I'm saying? So not only did you do that, you done it in my son's eyes. So my son had to go through all this shit. So yes, yes, I threw hot water on him repeatedly. Did Yes, it did. His skin came off. Did you also make him drink Yes, I did, because Matthew told me in the middle of the night he had took him in the basement and he made him drink the blue stuff from under the sink. And I'm like, what? What blue stuff? So I walked Maddie downstairs. He showed me what I said. You made Maddie drink fucking Windex. And then I went back to like years before. And I'm like, is this what was wrong with him? I thought Matthew had the stomach flu where you vomit and have diarrhea. You get what at the same time? This is at that time this is what was going around. A lot of people had it, so this is what I thought Matthew had. He didn't. Steven made him drink Windex. So yes, I made that boy drink Windex. Okay. I'm just trying to clarify the record. Okay, again, you knew you were seriously harming him, but you didn't intend to murder him. No. Okay. But your actions ultimately caused his death. Yes, they did. Okay. Were you Steven's mother? Yes. He was in your custody? I don't claim him as my son now, and I do not claim Stoney as my daughter. I have two children. That's it. Steven and Stoney are demons. Period. Now, Stoney, I did starve her. I did. Nine more months, you going, and your big ass. She was 13. My son told me how she used to sit on his face, and she said, he said, Mom, it stinks real bad. And she was like, you know what I'm saying? Fuck that. Yes, I did. I did. And then oatmeal is all that girl got. And she lucky she got that once a day. Stoney only got oatmeal? Oatmeal once a day. She's oh. very lucky she got that. I and I used to have to hide the fact that I was giving her oatmeal for Matthew because he didn't want me to feed her. And he had every right to feel that way. Hold on. Just where can we get? Can we get no, I'm, I'm good. You're okay? Okay. I just have a few more questions. So... She's essentially saying that she did not mean to kill Stephen, but she did mean to inflict gruesome harm onto him. Mm-hmm. She did mean to kill Stoney. The judge then asks Michelle Blair if she would like to make any statements on her own behalf. And of course she does. I'm going to play that for you now. I actually, they, they said they want to make an impact statement. I actually want to make a statement to them. Go. This is the time for you to say anything you want. Go ahead. Okay. Um, I actually got a chance to, my lawyer actually read the impact statement to me, and there's been a lot of lies told by that family. What doesn't make sense, they're saying that his main defense in my family trial, uh, in my family trial, that I kept him away from the kids, which is a lie. Tracy, Dorsey, Alexander Dorsey, Curtis Steen, Albert, Adam, Michelle, they haven't seen them how long? Since 2006? Alexander Dorsey went from 2008, 9, and 10 without seeing his daughters. So they, they it's, it's, it's six of them as brothers and sisters, the aunties and uncles. And they want to talk about how they loved my daughters. Now they want to be front and center, but they was always in the background. They never did anything for them, never showed up to my door, not once. And now they want to lie and say that I kept them away. I am the one that was always calling Duke. That's his nickname. Duke, come see Gabby and Stoney. Duke, come do this. Duke, come do this. When he come, no. Half the time he was drunk. You get what I'm saying? I am the only one throughout both these cases. I haven't lied about anything. As horrendous as everybody think I am, that's fine. But I'm the only one that's not lying about anything. And that doesn't even make sense in any type of world. That they would allow... What what type of real man gonna let somebody keep them away from their kids? And what I don't understand, what they don't... 
what they don't understand about is we have a surviving daughter. Gabrielle is witness to me always calling. Duke, come see the kids. Duke, even their mother, Linda Dorsey, she never did anything for the kids. She never came to see them. She never did anything. My daughter even called one year to talk to her about Duke and his drinking. She tired of every time he come over, he drunk. And when he comes, it's just, hey, baby, spilling over, just drunk, just stupid. You get what I'm saying? As a grandmother, you would think that she would talk to her granddaughter. The only thing, my daughter put it on speakerphone. The only thing that grandmother had to say was, well, baby, I'm going to let you go because Duke is still my son, and I'm not going to listen to you talk to him about. That's your granddaughter, and she coming to you about your son. That's all you had to offer to her. You get what I'm saying? From the time I lived in that house, what they're not saying is, they used to always go over there. I kept you away. What was the change? They used to go over there all the time. What stopped and what they all know to be true is Alexander Dorsey's father, Alexander Sr., he was, they say, he molested Brianna. That is his other granddaughter, okay? So in 2006, when my daughter Gabrielle came home and told me that he was laying in their room on the floor by their bed, they never went back again. That's what stopped every visit to their house in 2006. I never sent them back there again because of that reason. But I never kept them away from them. Y'all can come see them anytime you want to. You see what I'm saying? And also, Alexander Dorsey could not accept the fact that I moved on, period. I had other kids. He has his ex-girlfriend, Michelle Barnett, lying in court, saying they brought diapers. The first time that Michelle Barnett laid eyes on my daughters was in, what, 2005? They were six and eight, which means they were well out of diapers. They're talking about food and money. Come on, nah. They did nothing. And I know, I know you're very resentful of the fathers, but this is really... Yes, because they trying, I'm not trying to blame any of the actions that the kids did on the fathers. You get what I'm saying? Yep. My whole thing is, tell the truth. Y'all wasn't there. This whole family, I'm seeing faces that I ain't seen in years. They don't know Stoney. When they asked him in court, what does your daughter Stoney want to be when she grow up? He says she just wanted the world. That's a typical answer for a father who knew nothing about what she wanted to be when she grew up. He knew nothing about her. They know that he's a pissy drunk. They do nothing. And for Tracy Dorsey to be sitting in this courtroom, this is the same female that I felt like I had to get out that house. We had, we all had babies two months apart. You used to steal her, you love your niece, but you used to steal her milk. You used to steal her milk and water it down when I told you you can have it, though. You get what I'm saying? So, yes, that is why I left that household. I couldn't stay there. Again, they were pathetic. Correct, this is a purpose of you speaking now is discuss okay. what you did, what you did, if you want yes, to. Yes, because that happened. You okay. get what I'm saying? And my son's forensic kids talk interview you hear him tell them what they did to him so in alexander dorsey in the family trial he sat there and he saw the kids talk interview he saw my son say that the judge even said out of my son's own mouth everyone heard him say what they did to him so for them to be sitting there oh you just did that because of yeah i got my ass beat when i was a kid yes i was raised when i was a child am i blaming that on them no this should happen to my kids you get what i'm saying alexander's daughter stony that is not my daughter she did do that to them. So, so it's like, get back. That whole Dorsey family, they're pathetic. And I feel like this. You know flat out that Alexander Dorsey, y'all let this, y'all let this Alexander Dorsey, you let him come back and forth and be around them kids. When you know damn well, he molested one granddaughter before. What about Dorsey? Everybody's making about me saying that I kept him away from the kids. I never did. Okay. Well, so that'll come out July 27th when my daughter get up there. So I don't know why they acting like it's not going to come out. I'm talking about his father. They're trying to say, you know how I kept him away? I stopped those visits because that man was in that house. If he was already basically, you knew what he did. 
to his da- his granddaughter, uh, Brianna. So why even let him in the house? Just because he blames it on being a drunk? Come on now. Like father, like like son. Come on, man. Stay focused here. Do you have anything else you want to say with respect to this case? I want to say this prosecutor, I can't see your face, but I wish I could. You disgust me. The Dorsey family disgusts me. Because how dare you say that didn't happen to my son? You weren't there. Y'all was never there. You were the absentee people. Always. So the Dorsey family, down to the mother, to the father, to everybody. I hope y'all live your life well without seeing my child, Gabrielle Blair. You lived well without seeing them throughout their whole life, so live well now. Wow. Hello, Michelle Blair. This is about you murdering, savagely murdering, torturing, gruesomely murdering your two babies Mm -hmm. it isn't i'm sorry and it fucking sucks but it isn't a crime to be an absent father right it isn't it fucking sucks yeah it fucking sucks but it is not a crime you are not standing in that courtroom because alexandra dorsey sucks right or his mother or his father do they kind of suck maybe but that's not what you're fucking there for it, the reason I played that audio was because I wanted people to see just how fucking, like, she doesn't get it. Right. She doesn't fucking get it. Woo! She honey. admits, I mean, she fully takes she, responsibility yes. for what she did. I mean, criminally responsible. She, right, right. She had, she admitted to everything and why and how. But she just wants she to. Just, it's not, she doesn't want it to be her fault. Right, right. So. Honestly, that judge was a fucking saint for letting her continue on mm, that much. Yeah. I would have fucking stopped her <laughs> five minutes earlier. Yeah. So I'm going to read you the judge's closing statement. Okay. Quote, as a mother, one of your primary responsibilities was to protect your kids. And in that respect, you failed in the worst possible way. There is nothing you can do at this point to change what happened. And thankfully, that house of horrors that you created is no longer in existence. I do pray that your remaining children will recover from what they saw and what they endured in that household. What struck me as rather unnerving is that you stated that your kids got it better than what you've had. I fail to see how that's possible when you are still here. Despite what happened to you as a child, you had the opportunity to grow up, to become an adult, to make your own decisions with respect to running your own life, and you were blessed with four children. Stoney and Steven are never going to have that. They don't have those same opportunities. When I think about all the possible joys that they could be missing out on, one thing that strikes me as the greatest tragedy here is that they will never know what a life is like without experiencing fearing their mother. They will never know the joy of what could have been in their life without having you in it. They lived in terrible fear of you, and I find that just so sad in this case. After all is said and done, you imposed the death penalty on your own children, and you readily admit it, and you want to take responsibility for it. You are therefore sentenced to the Michigan Department of Corrections for the rest of your life without the possibility of parole, meaning, of course, that you will never get out, end quote. And that's that's the kicker, too. Yeah. This is what they knew. That's all they knew. Exactly. And that's pathetic. Pathetic. On July 17th of 2015, Michelle Blair was sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole, as you just heard from the judge's statement, for the murders of Stoney Blair and Stephen Barry. 
For Stoney, Michelle Blair received homicide, murder in the first degree, premeditated, resulting in her first sentence of life in prison. For Stephen, Michelle Blair received a homicide felony murder charge, resulting in her second sentence of life in prison. Michelle is serving her multiple life sentences at Huron Valley Correctional Facility in Michigan. After her conviction, while she was going through this trial, she was also in family court. She was deemed, obviously, unfit to care for her surviving children for multiple reasons. And the surviving children's fathers, both Alexander Dorsey and Stephen Barry Sr., were also deemed unfit parents as well. All parental rights were terminated for all three parent units, and the children were relocated to new homes. The courts did provide very little information on her oldest daughter, G, who was 19 as of 2017, saying she had graduated high school and was going to start looking at attending college. Her youngest brother had been adopted as well. Michelle Blair's rap sheet continues behind bars. I'm sure there's more than what I found, but I do know that in 2016, Chris Gotts, who was a spokesperson for the Michigan Department of Corrections, reported that Michelle Blair wasn't, quote unquote, adjusting well to life behind bars. It was reported that she had already committed multiple crimes while behind bars in the short time that she had been there. She threw urine at prisoners, her fellow inmates, as well as prison guards. She had punched others in the head. She threatened to kill people again. Chris Gotts reported that on March 2nd of 2016, Michelle Blair had an assault and battery report filed against her after spitting on a fellow inmate's head. A year ago, she assaulted a prison employee while behind bars. She had another outburst in court. She's had many outbursts in court. She informed the court that she would not have assaulted the prison employee had she not been provoked. She got more time for this assault, 38 months to five years despite already facing the two life sentences. So there comes has, a damn point where I don't care if you're provoked. You need to do right. the work to fucking right. cool it. Calm the fuck down. You have you you have to. She's got to realize she has to work on herself. Does she not? No, Everything I don't is, think nothing so. Nothing is her fault. Nothing. Well, she, she commits the crime. Well, they did this. But so, it's not her fault. So I did that. I mean, of course I did that. Why wouldn't I do that? No. Sometimes you got to fucking just stop. Right. I feel like now that we've discussed the timeline of this horrific fucking saga, Michelle Blair's just, her just fucking disgusting crimes against her own children that Mm. she birthed. I feel like we should now talk about how the fuck did no one know this was happening? Yeah. And where, where Where was everyone? Where did they think that the kids were for two years? They were never reported missing. They were never reported. Did they not have, oh, she, was she homeschooling them? She was homeschooling them. All right. But even, I mean, yeah, there's loose laws for homeschooling, but even they are supposed to be turning in work. Yeah. I just, um, I understand that their fathers were absent fathers. That happens a lot. It also happens that there's absent mothers. But Mm -hmm. so even that I can, I can understand, but other family friends neighbors just see not seeing the kids anymore right you see four children for years yeah and then you only see two right stony they were so like i said they were never reported missing in all that time no one had an idea it's maddening it's sad i found this quote during this research And it says, quote, in the wake of Michelle Blair's heinous crimes, Blair's two surviving children were put in the custody of Blair's great aunt, a former Detroit police child abuse investigator named Mm. Angela Gordon. A great aunt. Mm -hmm. 
When asked how someone in her field never saw the signs that Blair had been abusing her children, Angela Gordon admitted that she knew that abuse was going on in the household I'm for years. I'm sorry, what? But never suspected that Blair could take it to the levels that she had. When um, Gordon one day approached Blair and told her that, quote, she needed to start taking care of her family, end quote, Blair was offended enough to break off all contact with her aunt. Even though she never knew just how far her niece could have possibly taken the abuse, Gordon still wishes she could have seen the signs early on, end quote. You fucking saw the signs and you did nothing about and it. You saw the signs. That's exactly how these kids slip through the cracks. Exactly. Every time. Every time. And I'm like, sorry about what I'm about to say. Am I? I don't know, but... The two surviving children were were put in her care. Yeah. After she knew that there was abuse yeah. going on for years. What? Uh-huh. This yeah. woman knew. Right. And then you're putting them nothing. in her care. And just thought, oh, wow, I didn't think it was that bad. Any abuse on a child is is that bad. You guys, it's better to be embarrassed and have nothing happening. Right. Nothing truly going on than to let a child die. And all of that is confidential. You guys, right. if you think a child is being abused... They are not allowed by law to say who they got the call from. Right. That quote, just, you know, for clarification, was from The Richest. It'll be in the, in the source notes below. Michelle Blair shows no remorse to this day for the brutal torture, the brutal murder of her then nine-year-old son and her then 13-year-old daughter. She stands by her actions and has said repeatedly that she would do it again. And I think that is what makes her one of the most disgustingly vile humans I have ever come across to date. We don't know, obviously, if the kids were really doing that to the other kids. We don't know. We have no idea. If it was happening, kids just don't start doing those things to their siblings out of nowhere. And I understand why she was telling them certain things, but she fucking didn't go about it the right way. No. And they were so little. Yeah. To be hearing gruesome details Uh, Yeah, I feel like if it was true, it was probably... Because of that, right. or, you know, other things that they experience with right. other family members, if that's true. I right. don't know if that's true. We don't know. We don't even know if it happened. We don't know. But that you can't it just could have... fucking kill your kid. Exactly. So no matter no matter if this happened, if it didn't happen, if, if the kids really did this to each other. Right. If this was just Michelle Blair years later thinking that this was happening right because her and, own trauma uh, and, was and coming to light stuff yeah coming back to the surface right. you don't know no matter don't what know. the reason was you don't yeah. kill your child if i knew for sure that that was happening i couldn't imagine the rage the heartbreak the terror right i couldn't imagine all of the feelings but mm. yeah as a mother yeah to know that if that happened that yeah. one of your children was was meant was suffering from something yeah mentally and doing that to their sibling is horrifying but that's when you step up as a mom and right. you handle it mm-hmm. and you do the best thing for both children yeah for all of your children she did call the police at one point and hypothetically ask what if one child was having sex with another with their with their sibling yeah and the police essentially just said well, that would be something for CPS to get involved with. And they were like, is that happening in your home? And she said, no, it's a friend. And she's like, well, and the police officer was like, well, then I strongly encourage you getting CPS involved so they can investigate. But she was worried that they would take all the kids and she didn't want them to take M and G. And maybe they would have. But if you would have done it the right way, yes, maybe all four children would have been out of your care for a while. Yeah. 
but they would have came back too. Yeah. And they would have been alive. Right. I feel that she really thought it was happening. Whether I, whether yeah. she knew for sure or she didn't know for sure, she thought it was. Because yeah. how can you still have love for right. the other two? How can you babysit a baby and take care of it? Right. And um, she justified it somehow. Yes. yes. In her head. It was justified. And it was not only justified, but it was necessary. Right disgusting i don't know we could go on and on we could um i'm going to be posting in the group on twitter we'll post it in the instagram story um a link to preventchildabuse.org and their mission is quote prevent child abuse america is the nation's oldest and largest organization committed to preventing child abuse and neglect before it happens we promote programs and resources informed by science that enable kids, families, and entire communities to thrive today, tomorrow, and for generations to come, end quote. So that is a good place that you can go if you or a loved one is experiencing something like this. Um, there's also, I'll put, we'll put this article in the notes as well, centerforparentingeducation.org um, has a lot of resources about anger and violence in the home and turning down the heat in your home Mm -hmm. in regards to emotions Um, because it can happen so fast it can happen so quickly and Mm -hmm. anger is a fucking bitch of a thing and it rises fucking quickly especially in that scenario and we are not condoning her behavior at all whatsoever Mm -hmm. but there are sources there are resources out there that can provide you with help if you are feeling that way or if you suspect that someone else is feeling that way so that is the case of michelle blair wow that really was a wild ride it really fucking was well after that heaviest fuck episode on a lighter note what are you reading watching and listening katie well so i read sweetwater by cara reinard it was really good I haven't gotten into it yet, but I need to. I think you'll like it. It's a like murder mystery thriller Mm -hmm. type without giving away too many spoilers. Um, I read Layla by Colleen Hoover. We've talked about that. Not on here, but... We do have um, a discussion post in our book cult. In the book cult. That's Victoria and Katie's book cult, the group on Facebook. Um, Not my favorite. I love Colleen Hoover. Didn't really enjoy the book. Yeah. And it's so weird because I loved it. Yeah. And it's weird because we normally are very similar. Yeah. And I, I knew going into it that it was paranormal romance, more romance. But I think that since there were paranormal paranormal elements, I wanted that. Yes. I wanted more right. of that. Right. I didn't give a shit about their relationship because I'm not a romance reader. No, you're I not. I didn't care about <laughs> no. who loved no. who. And I knew because that's not fair because I knew that... Um, I knew that it wasn't going to be that way. Right. And, and I Colleen was mad Hoover about is, it anyway. <laughs> and Colleen Hoover is notoriously a romance author. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, no. And I understand. And after yeah. like you and Tracy were talking on the Layla thread, I understand your points. Right. And I'm not going to give spoilers away for that either. But if you read it or you're going to read it and you want to discuss it, come in there and talk to us. Yes, because that thread is a spoiler thread. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you and I went on a little excursion to Barnes & Noble to buy The Wrong Family by Taryn Fisher. That was our first excursion, like, in Real the world. Real thing. Yeah, that's a not a um, time. fast food drive through That right. was, like, the first place we went. And then we went to two fast food drive throughs after that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we did. you guys, I haven't started it yet. I haven't had a chance because we've been wrapping some things up that we needed to do. But I, I did start it a yeah. little bit. But I haven't been super impressed yet. Yeah, yeah. And you I know felt we love that way. I was telling you too. I felt that way with the wives too. Like yes, it was hard for me did. to get into it first, but then I couldn't put it down. So I think you just got to power through. I'm gonna. I'm gonna power through. Power through. Um, watching. Um, Tanner and I watched Bridgerton. 
Oh, did that you? That is all over. What I is that about? Like, what's the... loved it until a certain point. What's the, um, like, premise of that? It's like, I think it's like early 1800s. It's a family, the Bridgertons. There's six or eight kids. These okay. were books. Like oh. Romance books. Oh. Um, I don't know the author. I'm sorry, but I can find that out. I didn't read the books. No. But, um... So I think every season is going to be about one of the Bridgerton kids. And this oh. one was about Daphne. And she's like coming out like a debutante type oh. of thing. Like she's of age. She's looking to marry. Sure. So they go to these balls. They're courting. They're trying to find a match. And it's just really, it's um, Shonda Rhimes. <gasps> I do so, love me some yeah, Shonda Rhimes. I love Rhimes. everything Shonda Rhimes except for Grey's Anatomy. I never got into that. Me either. But um, the only thing is good. I'm not like a fucking historical like. You don't really have to be. I it's don't not think accurate like at it. all, I first can tr- of all. I can try. You, I think you would like it. Really? I think if you tried it, yeah. It's almost got like a Gossip Girl vibe to it. Oh. Because there's somebody writing gossip, a gossip column. And Ooh. it's just, I liked it a lot. You almost don't even feel like you're, like it's 1813. No. Because there's draw. it's just, it's good. And then we also watched um, Murder on Middle Beach, really good. Didn't watch that That's either. on HBO. That's like a documentary. A son did about his mom's murder unsolved murder oh okay and interviews family and like there's so many theories out there now personally i think it was um the aunt so this was um, a real story <laughs> yes yeah he did the documentary himself the son okay. he started it when he was like in college in film school oh wow stepped away from it for a while went back to it and then the undoing i don't know if i talked about that we, we might have talked about it a little or bit not. that that ended up being really good i didn't finish it i I have a habit of that. Yeah. I was just staring at Nicole Kidman's hair and, and Isn't she coats. like a magical unicorn? I just... She's so freaking beautiful. It's crazy. And she doesn't fucking age. No, she's just getting better. Better and better and better, which I'm happy for her, but I Fine also... Line. Jealous of her. <laughs> Listening, I've had the podcast Let's Not Meet on, like any chance that I get. I think my favorite murder mentioned that one, and I think it was them. And so then I checked it out, and I think you listened to a few. I did listen but to But they're one. short stories, short, like, true stories read by the host. I can't remember his name. Super sorry about it. I feel um, like it might be a Seth. Yeah, I don't remember. Sean. I can't remember. They're good. They're short. There's, like, multiple short stories in each episode, and they're, like, true, like, stalkers, or, like, this creepy guy that followed me in the alley. And they're or... read dramatically, which is just fun. Yeah. Yeah, he's good. I like him. Um, Andrew Tate. Oh, Andrew. Andrew Tate. Andrew. Yeah. Okay. And I've listened to a few of the My Favorite Murder minisodes. Okay. Here and there. Rest in peace, Elvis the cat. Oh, Elvis. Meow. Yeah. Poor guy. I know. What about you? You know what? I feel like I've been just, and it's no excuse, but I just feel like I've been, I don't have, and not that you have time, but I don't have time to watch or listen. Right. To anything. I know. But before I go to bed, I have been... It probably helps that your kids have been on break, too, because you normally don't get to listen and do no, all of that. Ever. I've been podcasting. Um, and not you're podcasting. not having to edit. Yeah. But listening while I'm in the shower. Yeah. And while I'm like, if I do my makeup while I'm doing that, that's. See, it. that is why I like audiobooks too, because I can mm-hmm. listen while I'm driving my 20,000 hours a day for work. Right. Because um, I'm always in the car for work. Yeah. So I love a good audiobook. So if anyone has an audiobook recommendation, I would love that. But anyway. Um, I'm not listening to a whole lot of podcasts. I promise. 2021, I'm going to get back into listening to other podcasts and supporting other podcasts. Um, I did listen to like one episode of that one you were just talking about. Let's mm-hmm. not meet. Um, definitely recommend. It's cool. It's fun to drive alone in the dark and listen mm-hmm. and scare the shit out of yourself. Yeah. Let's see. You read Layla. I read Layla. You know my thoughts. I liked it. Um, 
I might just like it because I love Colleen Hoover, but you love Colleen Hoover and you didn't like it. Right. So I don't know. But I liked Layla. Like we said, we have a discussion post if you're really feeling froggy. I've said that twice in one episode. <laughs> Please froggy. get that out. I am now reading Like, Follow, Kill. Uh, I can say who it's by in the, in the source notes. <laughs> I think Carissa, someone. I haven't read anything I'm else by sure. her yet. Um, she's a thriller author. I do know that, obviously. It's a little bit, it was very fast in the beginning. Now it's kind of slow. It's about a woman who is kind of essentially stalking a woman who seems to have it all on social media. Okay. Um, I've been listening to the new Taylor Swift album on repeat. Mm-hmm. I am normally more of like an alternative rock or just just rock in general type mm-hmm. of gal. Um, but I really like Taylor Swift's kind of like folky vibe. It's very slow, very poetic. Right. Which is inspiration. I can see to how me. that would be appealing. Yeah. Um, it's not something I would like listen to in the car to jam out to. Right. <laughs> but it gives me the vibes and the yeah. feelings. Yeah. Um, yeah. Other than that, I'm just hoping that we have a better 2021. Let's and as I was talking about my research today, I realized we never fucking said happy holidays. How was your holidays? Nothing like that. No, we really did. We missed it all. It's okay. So we did it in the group. But you guys, yeah. we hope that you had a great little break from us. Yeah. <laughs> and that your holidays were fucking merry and bright. A little break from us. Yeah. <laughs> now you're forced <laughs> to listen to our voices again. You guys were fucking back. We are back. How exciting. How exciting. We need your stories. Mm-hmm. You guys do not feel like it has to be some expertly written no. thing. I don't. We don't give a shit. Do okay? you know <laughs> that we fucking write and send it to editors do you know that in one of our books we put overlooking the ocean in chicago <laughs> there's no fucking ocean anywhere near chicago no Don't there's worry, not it got fixed and we've lived here forever <sighs> we're dumbass. but yeah please guys yeah, send us your stories you can do that at cruel and unusual the pod at gmail.com or just inbox us on Whatever. instagram or wherever um our instagram <gasps> is at cruel and unusual the pod what were also, you gonna say you gasped if you say <laughs> because i just was reminded of my stupidity if you message us on instagram or facebook or twitter or whatever and we don't respond message us again because yeah. a we're lot not of always times, on those accounts we're no. usually we're logged into like our personal accounts yeah. so we don't see everything and i miss notifications like it's my goddamn job so yeah. please don't think we're ignoring you one million percent we're not no we want to keep bugging us bug us bug us bug us because it's not really bugging us right our facebook group is cruel and unusual the group um what else i'm like totally out of practice you can go to cruelincomedia.com for merch and all things show notes and our books and everything's on there i tweet oh yeah that's it (laughs) at cruel unusual pod is that it because we did it out of we did it out of order. We did it out of order, and I don't know, but it's okay. Oh, and you can see our you can our Patreon link. <laughs> oh yeah, our Patreon <laughs> link is there too. That's in our link trees on Instagram and Twitter. Yeah, and our pages and shit. It's just it's there. Okay. Yeah, you guys, um, Patreons having Patreon members who support us mm-hmm. monetarily is fucking awesome. Um, but we totally understand that 2020 was fucking bullshit. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people can't do that. And if you can't, there's so many other ways that you can support us. You can share yeah. our shit. You can leave us a review. There's so many things that mean the world to us. So just think about that as well. You you think about that. You sit down and you think about that. You get that. in the corner. We love you guys. We love you. Bye. Bye. Bye.